Welcome to Radioactive Magazine. We will be discussing 11-11-11 with Ted John, President of the Kansas City Chapter of Veterans for Peace, and Jeff Humfelt, a Vietnam-era Navy veteran and a longtime activist with Veterans for Peace, as well as a volunteer with KKFI. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, the big guns officially fell silent, ending the war to end all wars. A year later, 1919, November 11 became Armistice Day, recognized internationally as a day dedicated to peace. After World War II, in the U.S., it was renamed Veterans Day to honor all veterans and glorify war. Vets for Peace are asking that the name be changed back to Armistice Day and the event be explicitly designated, uh, uh, dedicated to the quest for peace. I'm Spencer Graves. So, Ted, Jeff, please correct any um, errors in that brief intro and add anything else you would like. Hello, Spencer. Uh, thank you for uh, allowing us to be here today. Um, at the end of uh, World War I, the war to end all wars, uh, bells were rung throughout the Europe and the United States um, 11 times, signifying the end of fighting, the end of the war um, in celebration. And uh, one of the things that Veterans for Peace does is we uh, ring bells instead of um, at solemn events and in times of remembrance. Instead of the 21-gun salute, was, which is actually a call to return to fighting, uh, we ring bells 11 times signifying the end of fighting or the end of conflict. Jeff? Well, I think you pretty much um, hit it on the head. Um, <clears throat> You know, over 100 years ago um, was when this all started with, with Armistice Day, and a lot of changes have happened during that time. And I think that really observing an Armistice Day in its true meaning um, probably is something that we really, really need this year in particular. Um, between the two major conflicts that we have going on. Um, it really is what we're, we're, we're saying as veterans is that war is not the answer, and we have to, we have to stop um, fighting. So talk about those two major <clears throat> conflicts. Any comments that you have, more specifics about them? They're, they're both very difficult situations and war always is um but you know they're both wrought with with emotion on both sides on all sides and um you know we we don't take a stand necessarily or at least i don't um for any of these sides but rather saying hey you know war is not no longer fought by by armies it's it's fought against um c populations people civilians um they are caught in the middle of of these these wars um both of these wars and we want these um belligerents to stop 
Right. Because they aren't the ones that, that you know, they they have a political or, or whatever, um, you know, stance that they're fighting for, but that doesn't really do anything for the people who are caught in the middle. So, go ahead, Ted. Uh, that my opinion is, you know, they're just both prime examples of the tragedy of humanity where people are so caught up in fear and in their misunderstanding where they're unable to come to the table to negotiate peace. Uh, they have their ideal, you know, ideologies and um, rather than being flexible or hearing truly what the other side is saying, they think it's better that the other side is dead. And and it's, but but the issue is not merely combatants; it's also non-combatants. That that, and and it and if you will, collateral damage is throughout you know, the history of war. There's always been collateral damage. I mean, there there are no clean battles where the only people who die in war are the people actually doing the fighting. There, there's never been a situation. You go back, you know, from what I remember, like you know, studying the you know Homer, um, the the tragedy of war, you know, just affects families and and people and land and. And you know the current atrocities with the you know the current weapons you know causing environmental damage as well as you know the loss of human life and um, the the ability to rebuild after the fighting is over. Um, so the environmental damage in particular, which weapons are you thinking of there? Uh, depleted uranium rounds, um, specifically, uh, just causing havoc as well as you know the. With with half lives of a few million years, right? Yes, in other words, it's it's not just the people who are in harm's way at the moment that that will be harmed by this, but generations to come. Yeah, the, the cluster bombs that they're using, where you know kids come and oh, it's a brightly colored object they think is a toy, so they take it, pick it up, and you know horrible mutilations and, and killing for these. Yeah, it's. Um, um, I understand that in Vietnam they still have uh, babies born today are def- have an excessive high rate of, of birth defects due to Agent Orange. Agent Orange is another yep. chemicals Agent that Orange. were used. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Right. So one of the things I've heard talk about was collateral damage, and uh, there's an asymmetry in perception of collateral damage, that collateral damage that they commit it proved uh, proves to us that they're somehow subhuman or or at least criminal or criminally misled and must be um, resisted by any means necessary. But collateral damage that we commit is unfortunate but necessary. Yeah, it'd be like the, for instance, like the drone program that is currently we're still involved with, you know, you know, killing people without judge, jury, or, or, you know, just because people are gathered together, we, uh, 
you know, we just kill them. Dan, hey, well, and and you know, we're we're starting to build drones where we don't have to have somebody sitting half a continent away or whatever with a joystick that they'll just do it themselves they with the use of ai or whatever um and you know i think that that one of the things that we really need to look at in the way warfare is done today too is that a lot of what's called collateral damage is really intended from the beginning um you know, they want to they cr- want to do away with populations. That that is an aim of a lot of um, people that wage wars. Yeah, I was involved in the first Gulf War, and one of the during the air campaign, they specifically targeted uh, water treatment facilities, you no know, sewage treatment facilities, power plants, bridges, infrastructure, and. These were military targets that would impede the Iraqi people from waging war. But the thing is, is sure, it prevents them from waging war, but if you have to get to a hospital and the hospital is located across the river, how do you get there if the bridge is blown up? Uh, yeah, right. Well, I understand the bridge being blown up, but blowing up water treatment plants, sewage treatment plants, that sort of thing, that's, that's clearly um, beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah. well, it's a war crime. It is a war crime, but it's a military target. Yep. Yeah. So you're you're talking about drones. Dan Hale is currently serving time in a in a prison in in Illinois for informing the American public that ninety percent of the people killed in drone strikes in a six month period were not the intended target. They have to justify their use, you know, and yeah, it's 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 criminal, absolutely criminal. So, so how did the um, Armistice Day became become Veterans Day in the U.S.? Well, after World War II, um, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Um, the United States actually signed a treaty called the Kellogg-Briand Pact, where we said that we would not use war as a means of diplomacy. And obviously that pact, I mean, it was signed like 85 to one by senators. Uh, so it was ratified and something that we agreed to. Um, but obviously it had no teeth um, and, or no means of enforcement. And when was that? Uh, I wanna say post like early 1920s. Okay. Um, and, after World War II and the troops coming back home, the idea of you know armistice that 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 we wouldn't fight, or that we wouldn't wait, use war as a means of diplomacy, and it's like, well, how do we spin this? It's like, well, let's honor the veterans. I mean, granted, I mean, I have no um, fault for or ha- have no. Um, animosity towards, you know, supporting the veterans, that if we actually supported the veterans, you know, if we actually took care of them and, you know, had adequate health care and benefits and, and that type of thing, um, versus, you know, you know, what they're doing to the VA, you know, privatizing it and, um, you know, not, 
anyway, I, I could go, I could digress. Uh, but, you know, honor the veterans, but also have a day where we remember the horrors of war. And we as a nation um, stop to remember and, and ponder. It's like, how can we, how can we do this peacefully? You know, the majority of you know the United the export that the United States or the products that the United States exports is is the war machine, you know, military weapons and technology, and uh, we have to ha- come to a reckoning. It's like, what are we doing? You know, we we have to live in this world, and we need every person in the world. It's like. I can't do this alone. I need other people in order to live. And for me to live in fear and to live in hatred of the unknown. Um, yeah, so after World War II, um, the, the change for, um, they changed the Armistice Day to Veterans Day to honor the troops. So talk about the difference between Veterans Day and uh, Memorial Day. Well, Memorial Day is the day that we remember uh, those who have fallen in service to our country. Um, that's, you know, a day that we remember. The, and so a Veterans Day was supposed to be to, rem- to remember the ones who, the, who the living. Yeah, the, the living. Li- the, the ones yeah, who right. survived. Yeah. The ones who came back. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, the living and and uh, Memorial Day is the day that we honor uh, honor the dead. Um Well, you can also buy a nice mattress on that day too, you know. <laughs> right. Right. So um so you you so talk about the um what's Veterans for Peace? Uh Veterans for Peace is a global organization of military veterans and allies. And we try to inform the public of the true costs of war. Um, and we also uh, gather together to try to heal the wounds, um, both physical, uh, mental, emotional, environmental. Um, and, and it's largely through uh, education and advocacy of the public. Um, we joined with another organization here in town called PeaceWorks, and uh, we protest at the uh, nuclear trigger plant down off of what used to be the Bendix plant off of uh, Truston. One or hundred. It's now on Bots Road. Yeah, south. south. It used used yeah. to be on Bannister Road. Yeah, yeah, it used to be on Bannister, right? Ninety fifth and 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 Bannister, and uh, so we try to educate the public and and um you know we fighting against the war machine is like you know fighting against a seven-headed hydra you know you cut one head off and you know seven more appear and we try to do our best to educate and affect public policy and you know have people talk to the representatives and say this is madness why do we continue this absolute madness you know if we think about the future generations and i I like the native american way of looking it's like you know seven generations you know every decision you make you know think of seven generations how this is going to affect them you know is it just about maximizing your quarterly 
profits for your, you know, maximizing value for your shareholders for this quarter, or are you thinking seven generations down the road? We are talking with Ted John and Jeff Humfeld of Veterans for Peace about their efforts to get Veterans Day, November 11, officially redesignated as Armistice Day, a day explicitly dedicated to the quest for peace and not honoring warriors. Um, so, so talk more about your campaign to uh, <clears throat> get the name reverted to Armistice Day. Well, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, well, one of the things, I, and I kind of want to take a, a, a little bit of a step back. Um, one of the things that Veterans for Peace really is trying to do is build a culture of peace, not just, you know, within the nation, but also within our own group and within our own organizations and within our communities and and build that out and you know that like you know stone thrown in the, the the water and and you know we have chapters all over the country um but we also like many veterans groups work to um you know get veterans help that they they need um and so yeah the um, let's go back to the question you just asked because I, I answered a different question. <laughs> the question that, that you just asked. So um, what well, are you doing? Uh, what we were going to do for um, to bring about. Um, Revert the name. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that they, they put out from the national chapter or the national organization this year was 11 ways to take action on November 11th. And I'll, I'll, I'll check off a, a few of those. Um, first of all is to educate ourselves on the history and importance of, of Armistice Day. Um, we have a, a, a poster on the Veterans for Peace website, which is veteransforpeace.org, um, that if you look under... Um, our actions, I believe it is, or um, you'll find the Armistice Day, um, uh, our little poster that we have that you can put in your window and all. Um, you know, take actions to end these these forever wars. Uh, this this whole thing of, of terrorism, um, our, what we're doing to supposedly end terrorism is actually, you know, throwing water on, on a grease fire. Um, we're making it worse, and we have been for some time. You know, host host vig vigils and talk to your your local representatives. Um, you know, ring bells for peace. I mean, that's what the the the, the bell really signifies is the end of of warfare, as Ted said earlier. Um, and a program that that Veterans for Peace has and that we all can do when it comes down to it is reach out to the local schools or talk to the the um, young people that you know they're going to school who are being um, recruited by the military not necessarily to tell them don't go but rather to tell them exactly what they're getting into because they are lied to quite often by the you know, by the recruiters. Routinely. I think all three of us know that. Um, 
and you know share on social media what it is that that um, peace is all about, and that you know we're we're going to be much more productive as a society, and um, we're not you know once again it's it's not just about what we're doing overseas but what we're doing here this coming saturday at the 11th hour 11 a.m on the 11th month 11th day of the 11th month november 11 you uh, veterans for peace kansas city will be where we will be at the world war one museum um on the uh just north of the um parking there's like the, the loop um and the uh just on the, the south side of the memorial the, the south side of the m- memorial um this that's just due south up the hill from the union from the station yeah train, just up from union Hill. station um we will be ringing a bell 11 times um at 11 a.m uh signifying the end of the war and, and the public is invited to join you the public is invited uh the parking is along that circle drive um and and if you get and if you get there early you'll get a prime spot and if you get there late you'll have a longer walk yes there there is a little bit of parking on the the west side um off of there off of the the circle drive as well yeah and the last time i was there there was parking all over on the east side of the circle drive as well but yeah right okay i have a follow-up question to what you were talking about before with the economics and us producing the military products would it be fair to say that our country failed to heed the advice of eisenhower who warned against the military industrial connection absolutely um the way that money is involved in politics and how these major corporations have a greater voice in our political system than the average person. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. We, we, have, we have totally for just disregarded that warning. And I, I would add one to that military-industrial complex. It's not just military. It's not just the industrial base or whatever, the arms dealers. It's the media. And the reason is, is because the media is owned by the same corporations that are making the guns, that are making the weapons. And, and the same, and the same, it's owned and controlled, the, majority, the vast majority of the money for the media comes from the same folks who make the major campaign contributions. So the major media have a major conflict of interest in honestly reporting on this. Last February, last March's Le Monde Diplomatique had a feature article basically saying, saying that the media are propagandists for uh, the merchants of death. Yep. Yeah. You know, one of the um, on on the Armistice Day when you do come to the um, to the Liberty Memorial, as it used to be called, I think that's still got that name. Um, you will be able to find us fairly easily because we have we'll have our flags, um, our Veterans for Peace flags, and you'll be able to see us for sure on, on the so, south side. Yeah, right. Up, up, okay, good, great. So um, you mentioned. Well, I think there was some talk about mistreatment of of, of veterans, and um, I want to give a 
plug for December 5th, Radioactive Magazine will feature an interview by Jeff Humfeld, interviewing whom, Jeff? Oh, now you're going to put me on the spot. Um, oh. I, I got that old man's disease. Um, Robert Vivar. Yes. Um, Robert is is the um, – a he's going to be speaking about – um, our veterans that have been um, deported, people who were um, promised citizenship for their service, and when they got out of the service, um, they still didn't have their citizenship, and many of them um, having PTSD or, or moral injury or whatever, you know, um, did some things to... to try and soothe that pain themselves and got caught and were deported. Um, and we're, we have, you know, we just ask you to tune in so that you can find out more about that issue. That's, that's great. So um, we're um, getting close to uh, running out of time. Any final words for our audience? Uh, come join us on at Liberty Memorial on the 11th. At uh, we'll be gathering about 10:30 a.m. and yeah, write your Congress people, elected representatives, get money out of the politics and the war machine. So we've got time. If you, how does how does one go about writing your elected uh, your representatives in the U.S. Congress? How do you go to um, house.gov? Uh, US, yeah, house.gov and senate.gov and, and find your legislator. Exactly. And, and they'll have a, they'll have a um, contact us and a form you fill out. <laughs> they, don't, they don't accept regular emails because you can get, you get a virus, but you, <laughs> but you can fill out their form, right? Exactly. Okay. So... Um, we have been visiting with Ted John and Jeff Humfeld of Veterans for Peace Kansas City about their efforts to get Veterans Day November 11th officially redesignated as Armistice Day, a day explicitly dedicated to the quest for peace, not honoring warriors. Memorial Day does that, at least to some degree. Remember 11-11-11. On the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918, the big guns officially fell silent, ending the war to end all wars. Warriors, living and fallen, are memorialized on Memorial Day. They, uh, they, uh, Veterans for Peace insist we need a holiday dedicated to the quest for peace. Join us next week to hear David Mitchell talk with James Fritz, founder of Mission Green LLC in Decorah, Iowa, about their work to make that organization carbon neutral and how the Car uh, Inflation Reduction Act can help with that. And by the way, uh, disclaimer, I'm uh, the Secretary of PeaceWorks Kansas City uh, and, and a Vietnam-era veteran myself. So I'm Spencer Graves. Craig LeBeau is at the controls. Thank you for listening. Okay, thank you, Spencer, Ted, and Jeff. Coming up next is Counterspin, followed by Taste of Tiana and then breaking through darkness. And we've got a few seconds. Um, Spencer, you want to tell them how they can find the podcast if they want to listen to more? 
Okay, if you want to listen to this again, there there are a couple of ways. First of the first you can go archive.kkfi.org that gives you podcasts of every um, broadcast that KKFI has had and for the last two weeks. A couple of hours from now, um, a podcast will be available at the description of this episode of Radioactive Magazine at kkfi.org. Click News and Public Affairs, then Radioactive Magazine, and then then the, the podcast you want. And by the way, there's a search capability. Uh, you can search for previous episodes. We have podcasts for nearly all of our broadcasts since um, uh, uh, 2014. Uh, and um, and uh, by the Digital Millennium, Millennium Copyright Act, we're not allowed to keep music shows and copyrighted material longer than two weeks. But this is not copyrighted, <laughs> or, it, or it is, it's copyrighted Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike licensed by our guests and me 